I texted me at 765-447-4080. That number again, 765-447-4080. We're going to put a show together today, although I ain't going to lie, it's been, uh, it's been a little slow of a Thursday here. I think with everybody coming out of the holiday and everything, it hasn't, uh, Hasn't been the most active. That's okay. We got plenty of stuff that uh, we can still talk about with you here, including we got odds out in a bracket for the home run derby. Luis Robert Jr., the number one seed in that. Uh, we'll take a look at that as we get ready to head into the uh, All Star break uh, after the weekend. Let's go ahead and get started. And like we always do, it's the Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, Cubs take a second win over the Brewers last night, four to three. No post-game tirades by David Ross, but uh, Mike Talkman, man, that is the hero in the ninth inning. Two-run double ties it, scores the go-ahead run on a throwing error. Justin Steele struck out five in six innings, and gave up all three runs. Seiya Suzuki's been hot, three for four last night. Bellinger went two for four. Seiya's been 5-for-8 in this series so far in the first two games. He'd been riding a six-game hitless streak up until this point. It's 11 straight games with a hit for Bellinger as well. Five of those have been multi-hit games. He's hot, hitting 415, three RBIs, eight runs over the last 11. Cubs back in action. Uh, well, we should have been firing that up here in the last couple of minutes, right? Oh, no, we're already in the bottom of the third. Holy smokes. I got lost in the prep here. So Cubs lead 1-0. It's bottom of the third. End of the third. Sorry, we're on top of the fourth. Stroman goes three innings right now and two strikeouts. A lot of the cappers were huge on Stroman to have a big strikeout day. Freddie Peralta's already struck out seven through three innings of work. Pretty good. Cubs somehow still have two RBIs. Uh, Bellinger has a double, so make it 12 games in a row for him. Dude is on fire. So his double scored uh, Christopher Morrell. And that's how we get to the 1-0. White Sox got rained out yesterday, uh, but they will go back at it with a doubleheader today. That starts at 5 o'clock. We'll lead off with Lynn and Berrios just after 5 o'clock from Guaranteed Low Rate Field. Game 2 afterwards, I don't believe they've declared starters just yet. Aviators whoop up on the uh, Chillicothe Paints, 14-4 last night. Four RBI nights for Cam uh, Nagel and uh, Jacob Walker. 14 runs come on just nine hits by the Flyboys. Aviators will host the Danville Dans tonight, 7 o'clock, Loeb Stadium. Man, that's about it. It's all quiet on the home front today. That is your need-to-know news for this uh, Thursday, July the 6th. All right, getting into who's hot and who we want to target tonight for our best bets. We had some good ones last night. Lane Thomas, over one and a half hits, runs, RBIs. Boom. Lloyd Benintendi, rained out. Belt, rained out. Okay. Yelich, told you to put him on the hit card. Boom. He had two last night. Larice Arise. Boom. Put it on the board. Senga, double digits. Over was five and a half. Double digits last night. Pablo Lopez, over was seven and a half. Twelve as well on the strikeouts last night. Lance Lynn rained out. 
pretty damn good card last night. Let's get after it again. By the way, and we'll, we'll handicap it here in a little bit. Your uh, home run derby odds are out. Luis Robert Jr. is the top seed. We'll, we'll break down that bracket here for you coming up in a few minutes. But let's not worry about that. Let's worry about what we got going on here tonight. Who is hot? I like Hits Runs RBIs on DraftKings. Aloy, we had him on the card yesterday. He's hit that mark in seven straight. 346 lifetime against Barrios. We'll put a rise back on the card. He's down to one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs on the over. That's hitting four straight and 66% of all of his games. They got a flare tonight. Not, dude's not a world beater. Bryce Harper, over one and a half hits, runs, RBIs. Seven straight. Check him out on total bases over one and a half. Averages 3.6 total bases over his last seven. 333 against Armstrong lifetime, hitting right-handers 321 on the season. Pitchers tonight, Lance Lynn, it's five and a half. I don't know how much I love that. I just don't. It's a gut with me. I like Uvalde tonight, only four and a half. Boston's been one of the worst pitching or one one of the worst strikeout teams over the last week, specifically against right-handers, and we're down at four and a half. So I I really do like him there. Um, uh, Rios is over four and a half against the White Sox. I. Look, he's been real consistent. He's hit that seven and nine starts. But the White Sox are so inconsistent. Either he crushes that or, I don't know, it it seems a little bit low. That's not bad. Um, I got recommended Stroman a lot today. Like I said, it's a little bit too late to get in on that. Uh, Lorenzen was a guy that uh, was supposed to pop off today, went for four strikeouts in his first, like, 35 pitches. Yuri Perez is another guy tonight that I like. Against St. Louis. uh, St. Louis is just, the strikeout numbers are are just up there over the last seven days, over the last 14 days. Over the last week, they're seventh in the league in strikeouts. And they're top 15 here over the last uh, two weeks in strikeouts. I like Perez. The young guy's got to bounce back from a horrific game at Atlanta his last time out. But before that, he had back-to-back nine strikeout games. Six at Seattle, six against the White Sox. 
And you only got to get to, uh, I believe, five and a half on him tonight is the line. See, I'm big on Perez today. But I like those hit runs and RBIs the most. I like Nathan Eovaldi the most. That's who's hot. That's who I'm putting on my car tonight. All right, we're going to take a little time out here real quick. We're going to come back. We do have the bracket for the home run derby. We've got Luis Robert Jr., number one. Can he make it? Plus, the odds here, who would like for underdogs? Let's talk about it. That's coming up next. It's the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017 The Hammer Down. Back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalinas. Thank you for making me a part of your uh, what, Thursday already. Oh, boy, that holiday just creeps up on you, doesn't it? Whew. All right, Home Run Derby has been set 8 p.m. ESPN Monday. And we've got the fullest of participants. We've got the bracket set. We've got odds. Let's take a look at what we got. Number one overall seed is Luis Robert Jr. Second is Pete Alonzo. Third is Mookie Betts. Fourth is Adolis Garcia. Five is Randy Arena. Six, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Seven, Julio Rodriguez. And eight is Adley Rashman. Hmm. Interesting. Now... First and foremost, uh, I do like Luis Robert Jr.'s chances here. Very much so. I mean, the way that he is hitting the ball, and the matchup that he has here, I like him to make... I like him to make the final. I do. I think he gives you great value right now on DraftKings, plus 500 to win the Derby. Alonzo's the favorite at plus 300. Vladdy G at plus 350. Julio Rodriguez, 550. Garcia's at 650. Reza Reina's at 1,000. Mookie Betts at 1,000. Adley Roshman at plus 1,900. First off, look, I don't know that... I like Mookie, don't get me wrong. 23 home runs is nothing to sneeze at. But he has to take on... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the first round. And even if he gets past that, he has to get past Julio Rodriguez and Pete Alonso. I'm really not entertaining Garcia or Rezarena. I just I look at that whole side of the bracket with Luis Robert Jr. and just think he's better than Rashman. I think he's gonna be better in this than Garcia. And he's definitely better than Arena. I'm in on Luis Robert Jr. to make that final. Now the question is what happens on the other side. 
Because I'll tell you this, there's there's derby matchups here too. And you can take Luis Robert Jr. to win that first round, minus 195. But Pete Alonso is only a minus 165 favorite against Julio Rodriguez. Mookie's plus 135 against Vladdy G. Let's kind of just take a look at the history of these guys here real quick. Luis has got the most home runs out of this field on the season. He's got the farthest home run on the season. He's got the hardest hit home run of the season. He'll be the first White Sox uh, hitter in the home run derby since. Anybody want to take a guess? Who you got? 2016. Who you got? Todd Frazier. He'd lose that to Giancarlo Stanton. That was a fun one. Only one guy has ever won the home run derby as a White Sox. That's Frank Thomas. You know that one. That one's easy. And I think this all plays out very well for him because I think this is a this is a ballpark where you need some power. Is it short? Look, it is shorter in Seattle. But the problem is that ball does not carry nearly as much as you want it to because it's at sea level. It's usually not hot out there. We're talking a Monday night when it's going to be like in the, what, what are we talking about? Maybe the, the low 60s in Seattle? Well, it's 8 o'clock here, right? So it's going to be... A little bit warmer out there. But still, it's not going to be hot. They're not going to shut that um, that roof. The wind doesn't play a ton there, and it usually blows left to right. It's the fifth smallest in the MLB, but the ball just doesn't carry there. So it's like Great America Ballpark a lot. Eight-foot fence all the way around. Seventh in Major League Baseball for home runs. Another reason why I really like Luis Robert Jr. He's going to take on Roshman, who uh, is is good. Second-year guy, right? Switch hitter. There's never been a switch hitter to win the home run derby. He's also a catcher. No catcher has ever won the home run derby. So I think he moves on. Now, Pete Alonzo's back. They're going to make a big deal out of him winning a third one. Last time they did that, he lost to Juan Soto. But boy, he knows what he's doing in this. He also has the longest and hardest hit home runs in the field on the season. But they didn't do him any favors pairing up up against Julio Rodriguez, who, man, I love the way that guy just gets underneath the ball and boom, launches it. He was great in the last home run derby, wasn't he? Multiple rounds of 30 homers. He ran out of gas at the end. 81 total home runs in 2022's Derby. Loses to Soto. 
It's the second most ever in a single home run derby behind Laddie G's 91. This is why I feel like all the competition for Luis Robert Jr. is on the other side. Plus, he's going to be playing in his home stadium. That's why, I'll tell you this, I don't hate him a plus 135 to beat Pete Alonzo. I laid a little flyer on him at 550. Now, Mookie Betts, solid. I feel like he's just going to need a little bit more carry. No Dodgers ever won the home run derby. He's not the big prototypical looking guy. Sepsidus was 5'11 and won the derby. So he can be done at a guy of his height. Not everybody's got to be like 6'5, like Aaron, you know, or 7 foot like Aaron Judge. I just, you know. He's not going to have to muscle the ball every time, but at the same time, I don't. I just don't know if his stroke and the lack of carry is going to benefit a guy like him who doesn't consistently blast at like 425 feet. Vladdy Jr. versus Mookie, though, that's... Man, that's that's where it really stinks for Mookie. If Laddie go up there and put up 30 in a round, doesn't care. He leads the American League in hard-hit balls with 152 of 95 miles per hour or harder. Next closest, Mookie Betts and Rodriguez with just 126. The man has the power. He just got to hit second. <laughs> he can't be leading off and putting up 40 and then be gassed by the time he gets to the third round. Garcia, you got to go back 30 years to find a Texas home run derby champion. Juan Gonzalez in 93. There's only been one champion from Cuba. That was Sepsidus. But, I mean, the guy can definitely hit a baseball hard. That's for sure. His his hardest hit homer of the year was at guaranteed low rate field when he blasted 112 miles an hour. Arena's a great hitter. But I just don't feel, you know, I don't see it. By the way, his hardest hit home run of the year also came at the hands of the White Sox. (laughs) Oddly enough. But yeah, that's the way I see it. I think this sets up great for Luis Robert Jr., 
Because I think the guys that are apt to pull off the upsets are on the other side. I'd be worried most, especially early on. It's one thing when you get to the final, and guys like Rodriguez and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who really just whacks the ball. And Pete Alonso knows what it's going to take to get all the way there. But those two guys that can put up like 30-plus on you in a round in the first two, they're on the other side. I think this is great. This would be great for the White Sox, too. Could use a little morale boost. And the guy's just been crushing the baseball lately. Just absolutely crushing it. I'm going to love watching him. I love this field. I think you get some of the big guys that really... Um, drive that ball deep. Former winner, Alonzo, who wants to come back and do it again. I mean, Vladdy will hit absolute moonshots. Rodriguez will hit absolute moonshots. And for my money, that's what I want to see in the Derby. I don't care if you can hit 40 of them. I want to see you hit them 500 feet. I want to be in awe. I want to see something that I normally don't see. I don't need 30 homers that are all like 340 or something like that. I want to see the 500-foot bombs. That's what you're tuning in for on a Monday night. And we got at least three or four guys in the field that can deliver for you. We're going to take a break. We can come back. The Saudi Investment Fund is putting together a new entity with more eyes on acquiring more American sports teams. And there's rumblings and quiet fear that the NFL might be in their sights next. What do we know and how I think they're going to do it? I'm going to tell you about it. That's coming up next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer 1017. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. I, um,. Could a change be coming to the NFL here with a new owner? Financial Times reporting that Saudi Arabia will launch a sports investment group to target, quote, additional sports, such as soccer, tennis, and more. Multi-billion dollar investment company will expand its sports interest following uh, grabbing the PGA Tour. Now, The quiet rumor is, and to be honest with you, I think it's a little bit of a fear, is that their next target is the NFL. If you look at what they've already acquired here, now with uh, Newcastle and the Premier League, Formula One, right, they got an investment in there, now they, you know, with those entities, those three that they have, what is the next logical thing that you want to go after? Certainly cricket's a big deal, right? But does that have the huge international appeal? A little bit, okay. But if you're going after uh, an investment in another league in the United States, it's clearly the NFL. And I think if the NFL is smart, the owners are going to let them pick up a team. Because I fear if they don't, 
They'll lose the league as we know it. Now, a couple things that are working in the Saudis' favor if they want to go out and do this. The Commanders just sold for $6 billion. Seattle's going to go up next. It's probably going to go for almost seven. You've got to start asking, if the price continues to climb, which they want to because then their valuations go up, and they, you know, that's great for them financially because, uh, you know, what they can borrow, all that stuff. But the well of potential buyers that are going to be able to come together to form some kind of consortium or whatever to, to, to purchase these things, you're, you're running out of potential people to buy franchises. There, there, there could potentially be a cap here. And people and groups, it just may start to get too expensive. So in that case, they may have to let them in regardless. But the thing I think that the NFL owners need to worry about is exactly what just happened to the PGA Tour. Can very much happen to the NFL. For those of you that say, yeah, the NFL owners would never let these guys come in and, and take control. I'm sure that's what the PGA Tour said when they went and started to live. I'll tell you how they can do that, too. How much money does the USFL have left? How much longer are they going to be viable? How much longer does the XFL have? A couple more years in that TV deal? They go through another year and that thing's not looking promising. People are going to want to jump. People want to get get out when they still can. These things have failed how many times? They're going to fail again. Would not a plausible scenario be that instead of spending $7, $8 billion for an NFL franchise, that they could work the same playbook they just did with living. Instead of starting their own league, pick up something like the XFL. It's got the TV deal for the next couple of years. Lord knows it ain't going to cost you a ton. Heck, you could probably buy out most of the owners if you want. Probably cheaper to buy the XFL than it is to start your own thing, and you've got deals in place. You assume that leg, and then what? Now you got to get the NFL to come to the table. And you got to do to the NFL what they went through with their merger, right? So, how do you do that? You got the deep pockets. We are in a very NIL-centric period of college football, are we not? How long does it really... How long are we, with all these states making all of these rules now to help out athletes in their NIL that completely handcuff the NCAA? They can't investigate. They can't do anything about it. 
What what do we catch Adidas doing in college basketball? Here's the deals. Go to the feeder school. You're going to go to the pros. You're going to sign the deal there. Boom. Can't do that? That's fine. You know what they'll do? Are you getting ready to come out of the draft? Well, you can go ahead over there to the NFL, and you can play by their rules. You can make that, you know, those rookie contracts aren't, aren't world beaters anymore out the gate. They've got that team option for the fifth year. That's going to limit you. They're adding games. That's going to put more of a drag on you. Why don't you come to the XFL? You'll have to play less games. We're going to give you more money. We're going to loosen up all these restrictions that you got here on what you can do, what you can't do. We're not looking to suspend you for dumb things. We want you to come play football. And they'll start with the quarterbacks. The most precious commodity in the NFL. The quarterbacks. And they're going to start paying out those deals. Think of this. If you had a first, we would say guaranteed the first two rounds that you make a minimum of this, and they pump that money into it, how many of those kids are going to look and say, because they're doing it in NIL right now, right? They're going to schools based on uh, some of the NIL deals. Why go get my stuff kicked around in the NFL, play, uh, what, what are we up to, 17 regular season games, expanded playoffs, you want to play another one of those games, i got to play Thursday, uh, Sunday, then Thursday, oh. Go to the XFL and play less games. I'm the league breathing down my neck for every little detail. I'm making more money. And if they start acquiring all the talent, Go cut into the NFL. And then you're going to end up with a scenario much like live in PGA. Or maybe they just have to merge it. I don't think it's that far-fetched of an idea. That's why I say if they want to come in and bid on a on a franchise, let them bid and take over a franchise. If you're an owner, it raises the value because they will overpay because they got it because it ain't nothing to them. And it will also keep you from having to compete because they've shown you they'll throw the money away on something. To get what they want. They did it with the PGA Tour. I think that's a smart way to go about it. Because I think you very much could. Very much. Could see something like that happen. Maybe not this year next. Because sooner or later those USFL... XFL are not going to survive. They don't have the money. And there's still assets to buy. Just saying. I'm throwing that out there. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Things we may have missed and more as we wrap up the Hammer Down Show. 
As we wrap up the Hammer Down Show, it's 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalite. It's time now for some of the things that uh, we may have missed. Man, I am I am so tired of mock drafts. We have the Major League Baseball draft starts on Sunday. My beloved Pittsburgh Pirates have the overall number one pick. And do you understand how depressing it is to know they're going to screw this up somehow? I mean, either the two kids from LSU. That's all you got to do. Pick one. And yet, I've seen new mock drafts that say they fell in love with this kid named Walker Jenkins, who is a uh, outfielder, and he's a high school senior. Pick one of the two top guys in the draft. It's not that hard. Please. By the way, best of luck to Max Clark, the Franklin Community High School kid. MLB's got him ranked fifth. And draft eligible players, which is just awesome. Good for him. Pulling for him. Just know that my team's going to screw up. Oh. If you're wondering about um, draft order for your beloved Chicago teams, the Cubs have the 13th pick and the 15th pick. And there you go. Then there's a competitive balance round. <laughs> Somehow, Oakland, I don't know. The baseball, baseball draft is like the weirdest, most complicated thing. Because you're in the competitive balance round if A, uh, all the teams that either have one of the 10 smallest markets or 10 smallest revenue pools receive an additional pick at the end of the first or second round. The group of teams alternate between the two rounds each year, competitive balance picks may be traded and are not subject to forfeiture. So, but for some reason, the Mets and the Dodgers end up in that category. Yeah. Yeah. It is the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, also, uh, we may have missed this. Uh, the 2023 Home Run Derby champion this year gets a uh, new chain, a big one at that. Three pounds features over 1,000 stones. Centerpiece made of recycled glass, 75 carats of white and yellow Swarovski uh, crystal embellishments, and the center even spins too. It looks like kind of like that Miami, like Star, or not Miami, uh, Seattle Star. So you get the spinner chain. I do not see a value on it. But there you go. It must be a generational thing because we used to give out trophies for that kind of stuff, right? (laughs) That does it for us here on the uh, Hammer Down Show. Oh, uh, one more check in with the Cubs who are down uh, four to three right now. It is the uh, top of the sixth inning. Stroman uh, has gone, let's see here, five innings, four earned, four hits, six strikeouts. He's walked four as well. Freddie Peralta out of the game after five and a third, ten strikeouts. Out of Peralta today. Bellinger homer too, man. Bellinger's 
Dude is on fire lately. What is he today? Three for three, three RBIs, a homer, and a double. <sighs> Guy's crazy, man. Guy's absolutely crazy. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the show today. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Tomorrow, we'll wrap it up. We'll take a look at the uh, weekend as well, as uh, it'll be the last week in a Major League Baseball before the All-Star break. Plus, I believe we're on commitment watch tomorrow for Purdue football. A couple of targets are due to commit. We'll talk about it tomorrow. 